Welcome out, Venturus, Venturinos, Venturions, and everything in between to Venture Home News. I'm your host, Beastle Mode, and with me is a new co-host, uh, part of ever-growing changes here at Conjectural Technologies, the lovely Calamitous Jane. How are you doing? I am good. Wonderful. So, uh, just to go ahead and kick us off, uh, Calamitous Jane is new to the cast. Um, she is a arch villain coming to us from Southern California, and uh, she's definitely going to bring her a game um, in order to make you know the venture experience as lively for you as possible. Um, we've also got some other new cast members that we'll be introducing further on down the line. Um, you know, just expanding the cast so then we can get a ton of different perspectives on Venture Brothers. Um, also, uh, in kind of new news in the podcast, we are actually officially partnering with the Guild of Calamitous Podcast to make a new Venture Brothers podcast network. We're going to be called the Hinch Life Pirate Radio, or Helper. Um, so, you know, definitely be looking out for those changes coming very soon, if not immediately. And, uh, you know, we'll be able to consolidate all your venture podcasting needs into one stream. Um, so you won't have to go anywhere else and you can give us all your attention, please and thank you. Um, so with the new edition of uh, said personality, Calamitous Jane, uh, we're also going to be launching a new podcast series coming in the future called Venture Sisters. Uh, do you want to tell us kind of what you have in mind for that podcast? It's going to be a roundhouse discussion between me and the other Venture Sisters discussing various topics from the size of Brock's penis all the way to fashion in the Ventureverse. Well, and as per the first topic, uh, just can you give us a taste of speculation, like what you're thinking already? Uh, I'm leaning towards discussing the weird lack of representation of women in the Ventureverse. Because we get a lot of female characters, but none of them really stay or stick other than Dr. Mrs. Monarch, who is obviously the gold standard for women. Right. Uh, and that was actually uh, something that me and uh, another one of our upcoming personalities, uh, Audrey Hartburn, was discussing, um, was that, you know, uh, it is a small but fierce cast of women that is actually, like, in the later seasons, getting to expand a little bit. Um, I forget the... Uh, the was it Black Widow that Rusty was talking to that turns out to be uh, Doctor Mrs. the Monarch's like first primary arch. Oh yeah, I don't know her name either. <laughs> right, uh, I, I totally oh, forgot her name. But then of course there's Warriana. Warriana, uh, um, Aman Amanda, who is part of the OSI. Oh, Amber Gold. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Amanda. She starts like a relationship with the guy from the guild who has like a his brain exposed how will also I recognize you I, I have these tubes coming out of my brain <laughs> like, it was that was such a weirdly like sweet like heartbreaking romance that was such a good romance obviously we could talk about Triana and then ugh, I don't know people are going to want to hear about Kim even though she's nothing well, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of, like, I get that the Kim feels like a bunch of unfulfilled promise, but to me... Uh, there was no promise. 
Well, like, the that whole, like, you know, oh, I totally know who I'm going to arch. The Venture Brothers. And it makes sense. Like, that would have been cool, but at the same time, that's what I love about the Venture Brothers is they have, like... Subverting uh, uh, expectations. Yeah, they just have a natural fucking ability to do that, and it's an art form. Um, the only other, like, people or person I know that, like, really does that very well was, like, Ryan Johnson. Like, every movie I've seen that he's done, even, like, you know, The Last Jedi, has just subverted every expectation I've ever had. And Venture Brothers is that every 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, be on the lookout for Venture Sisters on the horizon. Uh, and we also have another podcast, Venture Quest. And Venture Quest is our ongoing series. Uh, we've already released one episode, if you're not familiar with it, uh, where we're going to find the most obvious or obscure connections between Venture Brothers and various other cartoon properties. Everything all the way from, obviously, Johnny Quest to Scooby-Doo to The Jetsons to G.I. Joe and uh, Clamidish Jane actually is very excited to be featured on a Jim episode uh, because that is right up her alley. It's not the strongest connection to the Venture Brothers, but there is a weird connection. Well, and I'm definitely interested to hear about it, uh, both because uh, not only do, do I like just talking about Venture Brothers and things that kind of relate to, but I, I mean, anybody who, who has heard the Dissection podcast that we do, um, they know I love to just go off on a good tangent. And that's exactly what Venture Quest is. It's, you know, designed to be the tangent down, you know, the Scooby-Doo Lane or the Jim Avenue and all of that stuff. Um, so definitely check out those episodes as they come out. Uh, they're going to be slightly bit more production intensive, so we're going to be veering away from our bi-weekly schedule um, just to uh, give you a better product on that. So let's finally get into some venture home news now that we've got all of our you know personal stuff. Like We've been very egocentric so far. Me, 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 me. Uh, so let's talk about the rest of the world We're for a hot minute. We're just being rusty. <laughs> the world revolves around me. Man of action. <laughs> I, oh, I'm so I, sad I, that I they want, didn't really... I want that, I want that album. I want yeah, the no, rusty that, soundtrack. Everybody's talking about Hamilton. Like, I want the, the you know, I'm rusty. Like, that's the one, that's the musical I'm looking forward to. And it needs to be done by Nathan Fillion, just like the Brown Recluse. We need that. I need that in life. It's Nathan Fillion. He would do it. He no, says I he mean, does everything. Well, and I don't think there's a time in my life where I need less Nathan Fillion. I don't think that's a thing. So, but anyway, yes. Uh, so first off, going to sunny Southern California, uh, Calamitous Jane, what's going on in Disneyland? So we got crowds flocking to downtown Disney as they reopened Disneyland and downtown Disney, despite, you know, COVID. And already there are concerns left and right. There have been numerous videos on social media popping up of people clustering in lines, standing way too close to each other, not abiding by the six-foot rule, nor are they abiding by the wear-a-mask rule. There are several photos and videos of people just straight up not wearing masks at Disneyland, even though it's supposed to be an enforced rule there right now. And another weird 
like side part of this is the fact that there are people going to downtown Disney to buy up copious amounts of merchandise, specifically Splash Mountain, because that is being reimagined for a different theming of Princess and the Frog. Right. And uh, I think that that's really interesting that people would uh, very much risk, you know, catching the COVID to get some, uh, you know, questionable memorabilia. <laughs> questionable memorabilia to then sell online for like 300% markup. So there was already somebody selling a fast pass ticket for Splash Mountain on eBay. And it was up to, I think, $100 on bid. So basically what we're trying to, to tell you listeners is be on the lookout for those arches. Uh, don't get price gouged for racist Disney memorabilia. <laughs> oh, zippity-doo-dah. Um, speaking of like bad merchandising and marketing ideas, uh, we need to go, just go ahead and get this out of the way and talk about Kanye for president. Um, now, <laughs> can talk about the cast. Right. So, uh, the best part I think so far in terms of like this level of arching, um, he immediately came out and got the Elon Musk. Uh, you know, I mean, I know that his like uh, approval is not a political thing, but people look up to Elon Musk as like a super villain and super scientist. Um, so. You know, there was immediately that endorsement, and then not long after that, uh, Kanye West has released uh, three freestyle tracks about his political platform. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't taken a listen to it yet because I keep telling myself I'm too busy to do that. Um I really think being... we need a law that prevents people who have no background in law to not be president. That might be a hot take, but, like, I don't really trust Kanye. Well, here's the thing is, uh, <laughs> the truth is, he declared, like, he, he declared his nomination for presidency in the same way that Michael Scott from The Office declared bankruptcy. Oh, yeah, he just waltzed in and just yelled it. Yeah, pretty much. Like, he hasn't filled out any of the paperwork, and the rumor is, oh, no, no, he was just joking. Even though the hashtag was Kanye2020, he's actually running 2024. Oh, and you know what else came of this? Because it was Kanye, people were trying to convince Taylor Swift to run, even though I'm pretty sure she's legally not the right age to run for president, because you have to be 35, I believe. Correct, yes. Um, I was not a political major in college. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, this is, in terms of um, mass scale archings, uh, I I'm going to give this like a solid level 8. This is a good level 8 arching. There's a lot of like distraction, disinformation, uh, you know, motivating the entirely wrong people. Uh, <laughs> and clearly Kanye has a big enough platform that he has a bunch of henchmen who are willing to vote for him. That's putting, you know, the country at risk of having Kanye for president. You know, uh, uh, I keep telling myself weird things right before I go to bed. Uh, things I thought I'd never say to myself, like, I miss George W. Bush. <laughs> um, like, okay, guys, like, truth time, I really wish I would have meditated the entire eight years of Obama 
just so I wouldn't have taken it for granted. <laughs> like, I, I know he wasn't everybody's, like, favorite president, but, like, looking back on it, like, in all the, you know, the, the administrations I've seen so far, uh, things have gone bananas. I miss the good old days of uh, Sarah Palin. Like, good times. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. Um, um, okay, so let's get off American politics. Like, wait, wait, wait. there was one thing. more meme going around that uh, people oh. are still pushing Dwayne the Rock Johnson to run for presidency. And Adam, if you had to pick Kanye, Taylor Swift, and Dwayne, who would you pick? I'm going Dwayne. Yeah, I'm going the Rock. Uh, the he Rock seems level-headed. Off, he well, yeah. Not only does he seem level-headed, but he's not going to be intimidated. He doesn't have to be a bully to be Probably be more intimidating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he doesn't, exactly because of that, he doesn't have to be a bully. And on top of this, here's a fun fact. Uh, his father, uh, Rocky Johnson, who recently passed away not too terribly long ago, was not only a pro wrestler, but also like uh, a tribal chief in Guam. So, you know, he grew up in terms of like understanding what it takes to, to lead people in a direct way. And now that he, you know, has his whole, like, entertainment empire, like, I believe that, you know, he understands what it takes to, to lead people in an ideological way, too. Plus, he's just that damn charismatic. I, I mean, he is. Like, uh, here's, here's a hot take. Uh, the Jumanji reboots are really awesome. <laughs> they were good, damn it. Yeah, no, and, you know, I get it. There's a lot of nostalgia. I I remember being very young and going to the, the theater for the original and had a great time. Uh, guess what? I watched the new one, and then I went back and watched the original. They didn't burn it. They didn't take it away from my memory. Like, I could enjoy both. It was amazing. Um, so when, you know, I, I see those movies and, you know, uh, like, dude's giving me a good time. And I'm a film snob. I really am. Like, I can really pull apart some stuff. But sometimes I just need to disengage and cut off and have a good time. And that's what rock movies are. I still... Film fun. Oh, I still can't do Fast and Furious, though. I can't. I can't. <laughs> that's the dumbest of fun. You no, know, I'm just... I'm not that much of a car guy. You know, I get it, uh, that things are it's cool. It's really not about the cars. Is it not? It's, about, like, I don't it's even know really that. about breaking the physics of everything. <laughs> the universe according to Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's perfectly the best way to describe it. I, I saw the last two in theaters, and one of them was those like 4D experiences where they shake the chairs, spray water at you and all that. Holy crap, it was amazing, but the plot was garbage. It was the stupidest thing I've ever saw, but it was so fun and ridiculous. Now, okay, do you think one of the physics of a Michael Bay universe is that uh, cool guys can't look at explosions? Ergo, you could have a justice system built on explosions and who looks at them? <laughs> yes. Did you see the one explosion? Had... Take this man to jail. <laughs> He's obviously the bad guy. <laughs> Only good people see walk away from the explosion. Yeah, like cool guys don't look at explosions. Um, so moving on to one of our our favorite weird places in the globe, uh, Japan. So tell us what 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 kind of fun strangeness the Japanese have for us. Okay, so there's a, 
Corona obviously affected the whole world, but in Japan, they are at a place where they can go outside. I wouldn't know. I live in California. <sighs> I miss the outside. But despite being open, amusement parks in Japan are taking a different approach to roller coasters and how people react to them. They, in a commercial, they were reacting, or not reacting, they were requesting that uh, amusement park goers, please scream inside your heart. That sounds terrifying. From the same people that brought you suicide, Forrest. <laughs> scream inside your heart. Um, <laughs> it's going to be quiet. It, <laughs> they're still wearing masks in in the park. They're wearing masks on the ride, but they want you to not scream. because like on a roller coaster. On a roller coaster. I mean, that would be no problem for me because I don't do that to begin with. I'm not very scared of roller coasters, so I, I kind of just sit down and chill. Would you be able to handle that? It's like a, imagine a four-minute ride, drops, loops, every, whole nine yards. Could you go without screaming? No. Listen, okay. I, like, okay, here's, here's a few things you have to understand about me as a person. Uh, I cry whenever I hear the rainbow connection involuntarily. Doesn't matter what version, uh, as long as it's not, quote-unquote, ironic. And I haven't heard an, an insincere version of the rainbow I'm connection. to learn uh, that song just hurts you. Well, but you've got to, like, you've got to sell me on it. Like, you can't just, you know, if I know, again, you're being, like, you know, uh, a little tongue-in-cheek about it, it doesn't work. Like, you've really got to sell me on so the connection between, like, well, no, yeah, yeah, you've really got to sell me on the connection between the lovers, the dreamers, and me. Like, this is a fact, all right? Okay. So, like, that's the problem is uh, I'm naturally super animated. And so uh, when I have a reaction, you can, like, read it on me. I'm not a, a hard thing to read. So when you have genuine things that, like, uh, just produces that amount of adrenaline and whatever, I mean, I guess if I rode the same roller coaster, like, 12 times, it's going to be boring because I'm, I'm used to it now. But, like, uh, the first time I did uh, Top Gun here in Carowinds, uh, that was, you know, a, a lot of fun. Like, I, I screamed a lot and very loudly. Uh, there was the Hurler. Uh, which was a Wayne's World-themed roller coaster, uh, also at Carowinds. Had a great time on that one. And then, oh, uh, what was the one? The Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Um, that was probably the creepiest one, just because it was a straight drop. There's not a lot of complicated there, so they're just playing on that, like, nightmare dream of you falling to your death. <laughs> uh, I guess if you're very emotional, uh, I'm just dead inside, because I don't scream on most of those. <laughs> Kinds of things? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I'm dead inside. I'm just a cartoon on the outside. Mm. No, I'm pretty dead either way. Yeah. Uh, the amusement park... Uh... <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, Calamitous Jane is also going to be bringing us a Daria podcast, speaking oh, about dude. being dead on the inside and the outside. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I only smile when I have a reason. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, we. I can't wait for the Daria podcast one because I, uh, I have hair very much like Daria. 
No, no, she's she's really not kidding. Um, I also cosplay her, so it's really easy. Well, and, that's like, probably why the haircut then. Is she's been like my idol, and like how I want to be since I was a child. So like, she, it's great. It's gonna be great, and I can't wait to talk about it. To talk about it with people. But uh, to just slide back into Japanese amusement parks, they do recognize that it's super impossible to like enforce this rule but they're just politely asking that you try to keep it quiet because they fear that the shouting hoots and hollers could potentially spread the virus to other patrons so it's just if you can great if you can't wear a mask <laughs> obviously wear the mask no right i mean uh well clearly there's there's logical limitations to, to this stuff i mean you know that's uh I think one of the been the big myths of of the internet lately is wearing a mask is invading and trampling on human rights and it's rights of Americans. Brainwashing. Yeah. So I mean, again, it, it's all like logically enforced. I, I've never seen anybody, and I, I'm in a not you know terribly uh, you know urban environment. Like I'm I'm in a pretty suburban place, uh, and I mean no, there's nobody like hunting down the the people who aren't wearing masks or or anything like that. So I'm uh, in California. Yeah, I no. made fun of for wearing my mask getting the mail. I have gotten looks while in the parking lot for a store that requires you to wear the mask. But people were giving me the eye for wearing it in the parking lot. I mean, I've gotten so used to wearing this, these masks because of my job, my my normal day job, because, you know, arching... Low-level arching doesn't pay enough, apparently. Ugh. No, no, that's why you got to moonlight and arch for somebody else. Yeah, um, yeah. No, Honestly, I mean, I'm looking to... If anybody needs a hench, uh, I'm pretty decent. <laughs> and, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I'll be straight up and down with you. My opinion on the mask thing is clearly rooted in uh, my... Um, Desire to not die? No, no, not at all. That's just a convenience issue for me. Like that's also that's just a cherry on top. No, uh, I, I'm a huge nerd. Uh, I want an excuse to wear a mask in public. Like, <laughs> Should I make I'm, you a plague mask and send it to you? No, yeah, absolutely. Like, okay. uh, no joke. Uh, I mean, when all this is over, if it's over, I'm not going to stop. Like, I've already got, like, a neck gaiter, and I pull it up over my neck, and, like, I blast and, like, run the jewels, like, hardcore hip-hop going right before nice. I get out of the... I want to rob this bitch, and then I go buy groceries. Uh, <laughs> it makes life a lot more fun. Um, God, like, those I, neck gaiter things look weird on a dude who's bald. You know what they look like? A turtle. Uncircumcised. That's that's what I meant by turtle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, horrifying. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, so, just to kind of go ahead and wrap things up uh, for this segment of Venture Home News, uh, Calamitous Jane, do you have anything else for us? Uh, listen to Venture Sisters. I'm going to be funnier than Beast. She already is. Like, kids got chops. Um, she keeps threatening to arch me, but... It's not a threat. It's going to happen. Yeah, you can't threaten somebody with a good time. Um <laughs> And uh, again, definitely check out our new podcast network, Hinch Life Pirate Radio or Helper. How convenient that works out. That was brilliant. Uh, the oh, guy yeah, who whoever came up just... with that's a genius. Actually, you know what? Uh, I'm not even going to take credit for that. 
Audrey Hartburn came up with that. Like she, oh, yeah, she's a talent. Oh, the, just the just company this, is oozing talent. Uh, that's a very weird cinema. I was gonna say like splooshing talent, but that's even worse. You know, uh, everybody on the cast really brings in some charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. <laughs> <sighs> and with that, uh, coming up next, we have an interview with our own VOD villain. Thanks, Beast. And coming up next, I recently interviewed the creator of the Facebook group page, Venture Brothers Fans. But first, a word from our sponsors. Well, hello there. Are you a sidekick, villain, or henchman? who is the victim of a super science accident due to no fault of your own? Perhaps you find yourself recently and unfairly unemployed due to an unfortunate Brock Samsoning? Perhaps you've been adversely affected by global warming because you've been turned inside out and your skin is on the inside. Come down to the law offices of Tiny Attorney, sit a spell, have a glass of sweet tea, and we'll discuss your sorely afflicted condition. And together, we will get down to the bottom of your case like a possum rooting around in your trash can after a pick picking. We will climb the justice system like a kudzu choking a mighty oak. That's the law offices of Tiny Atoiny, down on the bayou, next to the nuclear power station. Look for the big fella in the rocking chair with the little fella poking out of him. That's me, Tiny Atoiny. All right, and welcome to another Conjectural Technologies podcast interview. And I'm your host, the VOD villain. Today we've got DJ. We've got the. We'll go ahead and call him the sovereign of the Facebook page. We've got <laughs> over there, Venture Brother fans. Uh, is that is that a fair way to describe yourself, DJ? Uh, you could say that. It kind All of right. sounds like I'm, I'm kind of a dictator. I don't. I'll try not to be that, but it, it's it's uh, accurate. We, I would we say. We touch on that a little bit later. You had a dictator pull move here. Not going to say I disagree <laughs> with it, but we'll get there. All right. Um. So up top, anything you want to tell us about yourself? I work as a freelance web developer, uh, primarily using the backend Laravel, and I play a bunch of RuneScape and I admin a bunch of groups. Pretty much all the groups except for Venture Bros fans are metal bands. Oh, nice. Uh, a couple of ones people might know are Naval Biscaris uh, and Insomnium. Those are the, the biggest ones that are Very nice. they're, they're, they're like slightly smaller than uh, Venture Bros fans. Okay, awesome. Uh, and as uh, everybody's been kind of hearing, I'm a little bit involved with that group too. So a little bit of cross plugging all around here. So uh, we'll go ahead and get to the Venture Brothers of it all. Just to get started with, what media that you were into before Venture Brothers would you say is what drew you into it in the first place? I just watched a bunch of Adult Swim in general, like Futurama, probably something the closest to it. Uh, but just Adult Swim in general, and I just happened to see it on there. And awesome. I'm pretty sure I was watching Adult Swim when it first came out, but it wasn't until like season four I actually really got into it. Okay, so a the catch but uh caught up with all the rewatches and the insane breaks we sometimes get between seasons is a bingeable time we have yeah i just i just i kind of remember the show just randomly one day and i was like i want to i want to watch all this and then it just happened to be between the two season halves of season four and yeah i just watched through it all and 
was really into it then. Still, still am now. Okay, so about uh, when was it you caught Venture Brothers for the first time? I, probably the first season when it was premiering because I remember watching Adult Swim right when it came out. It was a good time. It was yeah. a good time for all. We all love uh, going back to that little peak period of 2004. What was it about the show finally then you would say that finally caught you and you were like, this, this is my show. These are my people. I just, I like that it was, I found it really funny and I just like that it kind of had like a one giant continuity. There wasn't a lot of comedies, like animated comedies like that. Definitely. Especially like 10 years ago. And now that, it seems that, to be the theme that everybody's kind of running with. Yeah, there's a lot more shows like that now, but I don't know. I don't think anything's really met the level of Venture Bros is at so far, at least mm. in my opinion. No, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. No, uh, probably going to be no disagreements from the fans either about that. Uh, all right, so first favorite character. Who was your your shining light, the first one you were like, ooh, I like this one. I'm going to quote that guy. I can't remember first would be, but ever since the end of season three watching it, I've loved Shoreleave, and it's, it hasn't changed since then. I don't know who it would have been before that. Maybe <laughs> Maybe Orpheus? Fair, very fair. I, I would have to definitely agree that Orpheus was one of my initial go-tos watching it as a kid. Uh, growing up with uh, Doctor Strange and then immediately seeing that reference right away, I remember that being one of my initial draws. See, I didn't even know he was a Doctor Strange parody <laughs> until later. Was, I, I found out about Doctor Strange and got into Marvel after Adventure Bros. So, like, a lot of references like that were missed on me. But No, there's definitely a few times in the podcast you're going to hear me pretending like I totally caught a few things and being, like, on the site, oh, shit, I need to look up that reference. I did not <laughs> ever catch that one. I think I actually copped to one recently. I am not a Rambo fan, I discovered. Uh, never realized that there was a Rambo reference at one point, and sure enough, I have missed a completely amazing reference there. How yeah i've seen the first two movies so i don't don't know if i don't really know it very well but i probably missed that there's a good one in there it uh actually what reference was that at the end of uh we were at the end of uh family that slays together stays together moment where i'm gonna forget it and he's gonna kill me because i still haven't watched it um sorry savage we have Brock basically pulling a move where I guess it's a Rambo equivalent to him and um, Brian Dennehy, which I know him as an actor, of course, but apparently he was the, the guy at the end of that. And there was some badass. Oh, speech. okay. And apparently it's a very mirror image version of yeah, that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't get that. Either. I, last time I watched Rambo or the second <laughs> one was like, I don't know, I was probably less than 10. My dad threw movies like that at me. Yeah, you get the, the, the random dad movie that then informs a random <laughs> Venture Brothers joke 15 years down the line. And that seems to be how these guys operate is uh, pu- pulling things from God knows where in our little past and seeing if we remember that little thing. Um, favorite episode. What, uh, what, what, what really stood out for you among all of these gems? Uh, I really like arrears in science. Cause it just feels like kind of a massive, like close on uh, like a major story arc of the show. Just, you, you just get to see, you get to see Dr. Jonas Venture senior, like in present time, like the most ever. I mean, before that, it was only the beginning of seven, season seven. You even get to see him, like, actually yeah. in the present. Everything else is in flashback, uh, very censored doc dreams. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much most of where you get them. Or it's, yeah, you're right, very brief little clip snips and things like that. And they're usually not in real time. It's some form of, yeah, very good. Nice call. See, always learning something new about Venture Brothers. I got to go back that and see what. Living, uh, living not in a box, uh, Daddy Venture was like. <laughs> that in a box version was a little bit creepy. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Going down, just we're we're gonna do all the favorites here up front here. Favorite season? What do you got? I gotta say the the newest one, season seven. 
I just pretty much every season I've liked more than last. I think season four I liked a little more than five, but season six, just after all that in Gargantua 2, it just felt really... I don't know. Feel like a new show almost. Definitely. I would have to agree with that. They really do kind of keep up in the stakes on us to the point where you're sort of like, but my old favorites were last season, but there's all these new ones. Five, I got to, I got, I'll definitely agree with you. It took a minute for it to grow on me, but it does have some of my absolute favorites in there. And then some of the episodes where I do have to say the ones that have taken a while to grow on me as a favorite, almost all of them seem to be in that season. I feel like it was so short that we kind of, don't like to remember the fact that we only got that many episodes in that season. I mean, OSI Love You was amazing. Yeah, in my yeah, opinion. I will yeah. I will champion that episode to the ends of the earth. And then there's some of the stuff with uh, the bot seeking bot. Um, yeah, those are those are definitely my favorite episodes. If you don't include all that in Gargantua too, it's almost kind of like a season five episode, but <laughs> yeah, right. Know, it, it ends the story arc. I wish Cartoon Network would have just let them like make it for that season. It screwed them with that. I kind of feel like they could almost do not nearly as bad. Star Wars reordering of the seasons because of where they actually intended for a season to end and where it actually ended up having to end because we always keep hearing on the commentaries that oh yeah the opener was meant to be the closer of last yeah yeah and so I feel like if they actually rewrote it the way they wanted to we wouldn't actually have the same seasons that we do have but they seem to make the best out of what money they've gotten god bless them and and then just talking about enders right now we'll go into that one so many of our season enders are absolutely amazing uh, and I don't know about you, but they do seem to be the ones where when I'm in between seasons, I start going to those for my rewatches because they're at least 45 minutes long or so. What is your favorite big season episode? Uh, not counting the specials, I'd say Operation Prom. It just I got into the show right before that second half of season four and just watching that live with Doc and Jackson live was just really cool experience. Just them they did being a- on live between. Yeah, they were they were they were on live TV in between episodes. Uh, if you get the DVD of season four, you can watch those clips. God, that yeah, that would have definitely drawn me straight into the show. Uh, getting to sit there and watch with the creators—that very rarely happens. Uh, more so now in this Zoom age that we're in. So, what was it that led you to creating the Venture Brothers fans page on Facebook? Well, at the time, I didn't know there was any other group, and I just had like I don't know twenty or so friends I knew that were into it. And I was like, I'm just gonna make a group, and that was the first group I ever made, and it lasted. It, 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 there was like some activity for like two weeks, and then it was dead for a couple of years. And actually, I almost considered deleting it just because the other group, but I, I kept it around because I'm like, I want something more private. So I'm not, I'm not huge into public groups. I don't know. I just I'm with you there, especially for something more adult like Venture Bros. I don't, I don't like to have that shown on my like you know public facebook i i I can definitely agree with that i'm gonna go with 95 percent of my groups on facebook are definitely private groups don't need that floating around to grandma um (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much what my grandma once told me she uh she doesn't agree with everything i say on facebook but she still loves me there you go (laughs) cannot beat a grandma's love let's see uh, what what would you say your favorite thing, though, now that the group finally is looking nice, healthy, and active? What's your favorite thing about the group at this point? Just a lot of random posts that just make me think about stuff I never thought about. I don't know. I've made a lot of friends through it. Just the fact that it's private compared to the other group. So I, I like the other group, but I just didn't participate much because it's private. Or public, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I end up seeing like a bunch of uh, double posts from Venture Bros friends and then the public group Venture Bros. Like, I don't know if you know Randall. Like, I'll see his art posted in Venture Bros fans and Venture Bros at the same time a lot of the time. Got to get it seen. I got to give a little bit of a... <laughs> no, I, I, don't, 
I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it goes public, then that does get to grandma and grandma can see your nice art. Maybe you'll end up on the fridge. Okay. And then this was one because it did come up right off the bat. And uh, I would just love to get your side of the story. What was the day like when I came into your life? <laughs> because the story I told on our uh, initial meeting with me and the guys on the podcast was essentially that I ended up sort of just lingering around, hanging into a few conversations and <laughs> snuck my way as about close to the top as I could find myself. And then they realized that I was sat there talking to them in about the same fashion. Uh, does that does that sound about right? <laughs> uh, you can you can say that. It was pretty early. And when the group started picking up, uh, that was like right before season seven. Yeah, I want to say it was. I was uh, uh, that, that's when people actually that. started joining. But uh I just remember that I kind of needed some help with adminning and uh, moderating, and you seemed really enthusiastic. So I was like, I'll give you a chance, and thought it worked out well. Eh, so far, so good. Uh, I mean, you worked out a lot better than some people. Like, some people I've taken that chance on, they end up, like, just being a complete ass. <laughs> like, I've, I've had to move a lot of people as mods just for, like, abusing their power, just deleting random stuff that doesn't need deleted and stuff like that. Well, and actually, that's one that I've kind of liked where we've come to as a group, and I hope that I've been actually a part of that. Is it, or do we seem to be a very pleasant place on Facebook in this day and age? I don't notice much in the way of fighting in the group, really. Everyone seems to be fairly civil there. Yeah, it is. Uh, I kind of come down hard on people when they're being dicks, so that probably helps, too. <laughs> I believe it's probably one of the most heavily posted topics in the group, Scare Bear. Who is it? Now that we've got you here on record, who do you think there is? And then we'll discuss the issue on the page. <laughs> I don't really know. I like kind of like the theory that it's like a future Hank or maybe Hank's real mom. That would be actually a really, somehow she's still alive and around kicking and that's inside the scare bear. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I, I, th I don't even know if the creators know. They didn't seem to really, uh, I, th I swear they said in an the interview, they're not really sure who it is yet. They haven't decided. So we'll see. It, it, it could end up being yet another orb forest that is a giant, giant MacGuffin of nothing. So <laughs> don't be surprised when all of a sudden it turns into a cloud of smoke, disappears, and it was all Killinger this time. Oh, uh, or that, yeah, that. That, I, I, I saw one I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I saw one person post that somewhere when uh, the, the, the theory started floating, and I had never seen it pick up traction but I really like that idea because he did seem to take a shining to the boys way back when. Uh, do you think it's things like these that the writers are doing with the show to keep us guessing? Is that kind of what's keeping us active, you think? Do you think they're trying to possibly give us things to ponder in between these long, long pauses? No bear pun intended. <laughs> yeah, I think that does help. Uh, a lot of the mysteries in the show are definitely what kept me like super obsessed with it uh, especially when i first got into it so th that that is something to probably like keep it in mind when they write more is to kind of keep mystery in the show because they they kind of just like solved the biggest mystery of what happened to D the jones venture senior i mean they didn't say who uh who opened the bay doors but yet but they yep, just kind of they... added another mystery after that but definitely they closed one door and opened four more and then the other issue we had a little bit of this, I would actually say, has probably been one of the few places I've seen Venture Brothers going a little bit viral in a few places. They might not know they're referencing us, but arching posts. 
arching posts have become a thing that we have sort of had to put a regulatory uh, once a week posting for everybody to drop those into. What what happened there? Because I genuinely actually did miss the entire start of we'll call it arch posting gate. Well, see, it wasn't wasn't really a problem in uh, Venture Bros. Friends. It was a problem in the other group, and then it started leaking over into this group. And it, it was, there was a lot of posts in the public group. It was more than half the posts for a while, and it started happening in Venture Bros. Fans. And I I decided I was going to ban it, but then some people were upset about it. So I was like, okay, I'll do a poll, and most people decided they didn't want it. So. I kind of did a compromise at first and I, I did that weekly post, but then no one was even posting in it. So I just kind of stopped doing that. Yep. I did notice that kind of all of a sudden died away and the arching post thing is sort of subsided. Then looking forward on the show itself, season eight, what are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations for the boys and the rest of our friends in the Ventureverse? I'm not really sure what to expect or what I want. I just, I hope the, uh, I don't know. I don't really know. I like kind of like the idea that Hank and Dean might end up becoming Dean might become his arch or Hank might become Dean's arch. It's kind of like that theory, but I don't really know. The, all the stuff seems a little too obvious. And usually they tend to surprise me with what happens in the next season. So I don't really know what I want because usually usually a lot of fan theories end up being wrong or uh, intentionally that like Doc and Jack's just uh, just kind of you know, work around those to surprise the fandoms because they, they've said before they they'll like read a lot of fan theories and then try to avoid those just to keep surprised which could also be bad just because i don't know subverting expectations isn't always a good thing but like game of thrones kind of had that problem uh yeah yeah they just try and surprise you and this is something dumb but <laughs> i don't know I, I i haven't been disappointed with the show yet so i i, I think that I'm, I'm hopeful for season eight but I really don't know where to expect or where it'll go. I honestly never predicted Dad in a Box. So whatever they have in store for season eight, <laughs> living Dad in a Box, you living in a box is dead. What's in the box? You never predicted Dad. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, we do have one fun little segment. We've gotten started in our first interview. We had Rilo from the Calamitous Intent podcast on. Be sure you check out that episode. But this is going to be a fun little segment we're going to call... Squadron of Five. And today's task is going to be... Opening a bakery. Last time we took a look at robbing a bank. But today we're going to go a little bit more small town with it. So today you're going to be opening a small bakery and you get to hire five employees to fill five positions, but the only people applying for your positions are going to be everyone from the Venture Universe. The Head Baker. This is the heart soul bot of your crew. Someone who has the attention to detail, ability to follow a recipe, and Honestly, someone who can wake up at 2 a.m. consistently. Who, who did you have down for your head baker? I chose Dean because he's kind of kind of annoyingly responsible. I feel like he could he could handle that well. And I don't know. I definitely have to agree with you on that. I can see a very anal, attentive to detail, everything. Very. Um, it's one of my favorite Dean references. But when Dean goes after Dermot and they're proceeding, I can see that level of people have to act a proper way. <laughs> a very awesome baker perfect that would definitely definitely get the bread out in the morning the front desk clerk the next step you've got to have someone for your front desk this is someone you have to trust they're going to be responsible for your money this is how you keep the doors open and the lights on but they also have to be someone who's good with the customers they're going to be the friendly face the one who remembers your order the important questions that you don't want to have to answer who do you have running your front desk 
Uh, he's not exactly the best fitting for that description, but I thought the pirate captain would work well just because he's he is good with people, even though he's kind of weird. And as long as he's not on, you know, the the dart, I think he I think he works well and trustable and could handle the money well. That is someone I would want to see every morning. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. I mean, I guess tranking could be an afternoon thing, and he'd be good by morning. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Why not? That would definitely work. He could definitely be up in the morning for that. And come on, who doesn't want to see the pirate every morning? That voice to start off your day, that is the perfect front desk clerk. The delivery driver. Now last, a little different from the driver we required for that. You might end up having the same choice, but we don't necessarily need the getaway driver. This is someone who's going to have to go through city streets and not get pulled over by the police. But at the same time, we're not driving Miss Daisy over here. We do need to get the deliveries out on time. Who is your reliable delivery man? Well, I feel like Brock could handle that with, especially with his car. He he just not give a fuck, drive through traffic as fast as possible. And no one would really try and pull him over. I mean, if they did, they just he'd just scare the shit out of him and he'd leave. I feel like we're gonna have to make <laughs> driver not an option to get Brock into a different role. He definitely seems to be the absolute wheel man of the entire venture universe. Don't want copycat on that because all of a sudden that driver is just gone. The manager. In charge of all these people, you've got to have someone you can trust. Your person you go to on a regular basis, because let's face it, a bakery's boring. You don't want to be there doing the day-to-day operations of that. But it does have to be someone who's going to command a little bit of authority. Who Who is your taskmaster? Who is your manager of your bakery? Dr. Mrs. Monarch, definitely. Just she's. I feel like yeah. everyone really kind of looks up to her, and uh, she's just very commanding personality in general. Even before she was, you know, basically the head of uh, the Guild of Glamis Intent. But. I honestly don't see for this next part how this would work out. I want to be here for this. The assistant baker. You're a couple months in. Your bakery's taking off. Your baker is getting tired. You have a very stressed out Dean in the kitchen. (laughs) This, This part I can imagine. Now, when all of a sudden the time comes for Dean to go to the manager and demand an assistant, could you imagine Dean demanding anything of Dr. Mrs. the Monarch? (laughs) No, no. I want to see it, though. I don't know what it would look like, but that would be absolutely amazing. But he does need help. Let's face it. It's a big, growing business we've got going here. We've got Brock on deliveries. Things are getting there. And Pirate Captain, (laughs) he's building up a stable crew of regulars who are dropping in every morning. They might be picking up Trank. They might be dropping off the Trank. I'm not entirely certain, but money's (laughs) going in one way or another. Who are you going to assign to be Head baker, head headmaster baker, uh, Dean's assistant. Who gets to be underneath Dean? Well, I, I decided on helper just because they kind of already has a relation with Dean's already kind of like, I don't know, Dean's helper. That is perfect. That is perfect. It's one of the few people that helper could help who would understand him. Otherwise, he would just be sat there beeping and booping trying to do yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Nothing would be getting done. That poor robot. No, definitely. It's a, it's a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. This sounds like a very nice, happy bakery you built here. I, I would definitely uh, get some muffins or a nice scone from this place. All right. Well, that basically wraps up the interview. I just want to thank everybody for listening and uh, definitely want to thank DJ for joining us here. I appreciate you having me on. I've never really done anything like this, so hopefully it turned out all right. No, you. We de- well, we'll see. We'll see how the edit process happens. <laughs> and uh, Your first time, my first time. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this together. And with that, we are actually now through this together. 
So uh, we made it. Good. Congratulations, sir. Uh, and that has been another interview here at the Conjectural Technologies Podcast. Thank you all for listening. And uh, we hope you tune in next time when we have another great... Thank you all for listening. I was in Arizona for a, a few days when I walked through the Grand Canyon with my dad. And then uh, I walked through Phoenix at one in the morning and it was still 100 degrees. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like chugging water bottles while walking. It was just, it was ridiculous. Well, hello there. It's me, Tiny Atoyney again. Have you or a loved one been a henchman that stormed Venture Compound and then awoke a reanimated corpse of their former self? Perhaps you had a college internship at Venture Industries and now experience hallucinatory dreams where you thought you had four arms and became a tribal people trying to take over the world called Palamon. Or perhaps your child attended a day camp and came back as a clone slug. If any of these describes you, you could be entitled to involvement in a class action lawsuit for hundreds of dollars. Please contact Tiny Attorney down on the bayou next to the nuclear power station. Remember to look for the big fella on the porch in the rocking chair. I'll be the little guy poking out of him. Tiny Attorney. Venture Home News is brought to you by Conjectural Technologies Podcast. Produced and researched by Vaudevillain and Beastle Mode. Edited by Vaudevillain. Please email us at conjecturaltechpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at conjectech underscore pod. Go Team Venture. Sure.